I loved the combination between text and music because music really is just another language. You know, it's just another way we express ourselves. And so the combination of those two is kind of like getting to speak two languages at once, which is awesome. Welcome to Beyond the Fourth Wall. I'm Lindy. And I'm Joseph. The Fourth Wall that invisible, magical bridge between actors and audience. For the last year, we've been looking out beyond our fourth wall to see how theater skills are life skills. And now, we want you to join us on the other side of the curtain. Our productions are returning, and we're taking you behind the scenes as we chat with cast, creative teams, and alumni, with an occasional tap number for good measure. So welcome to the Lex Fam, and get ready to go... Beyond the Fourth Wall. This week on Beyond the Fourth Wall, we're chatting with one of our stars, featured in our upcoming Concert with the Stars on January 8th. Jeremy Landon Hayes has been seen on Broadway in The Phantom of the Opera and Les Mis, and over the course of his career has amassed a wide variety of credits as an actor, singer, writer, and producer. I had a chance to perform with him in the Lexus production of Sondheim on Sondheim, and we cannot wait to have him back in Lexington this January. Let's get to know Jeremy Landon Hayes. Jeremy Landon Hayes, welcome back to the Lexington Theater Company and welcome to the Beyond the Fourth Wall podcast. It's so good to see you. Oh, it's so good to be here. I love Lexington. All the horses and all the Franklins. <laughs> There's just so many good things. I love it. I love it. Well, I just look back with such fond memories to the fall of 2019 when you were with us for our script to table, Sondheim on Sondheim event. It was so much fun. And you're about to join us again. We can't wait to get you back to Lexington for Concert with the Stars 2022. It's going to be epic. And I'm just so excited for our audiences to get to know you a little bit better today and hear more of your story. So welcome back. Thank you. It's really good to be back. I had a really, really great time doing Sondheim on Sondheim and eating all of Weeda's food and getting to work with you again. And and, um, it really feels like a homecoming. So I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, we are too. We are too. Well, for those listening who may not know this, Jeremy Hayes and Jeremy Smith and Lindy Franklin Smith all went to college together. So we go way back to Oklahoma City University. But I want to take it back even further than that. And I would just love to know if you can remember, like, what was the first moment that you started to kind of fall in love with musical theater and storytelling? Do you have a a vivid memory of that growing up? Yeah, you know, I mean, I kind of had a unusual path coming to acting and performing, I think. Um, Just the other day, actually, I had remembered a time when I was very young, probably eight or nine years old, and I was riding in the car with my mom and dad and my older sister, and I said something. I don't really even remember what it was, and everybody laughed, and they didn't laugh like I was a kid. They laughed like adults at me at something that I said 
And it really stuck with me. Now, I never, ever thought that, it, that you know, I would try to get paid to do that, to tell stories. I stutter, so, you know, talking in general is something that <laughs> brings me a lot of anxiety. So uh, I think that was another reason why I was so shocked as a kid that I had said something that people genuinely laughed at, because... Up until that point, I think I got a lot of looks of either concern or patience or empathy or, you know, so it felt really good to say something and it not be about the way that I said it. But then as far as pursuing it for something that I wanted to do really didn't happen until high school where I was dating a girl, which is how a lot of my stories start, I think. Not really, but. No, it just seemed like a funny thing to say. And she was auditioning for Much Ado About Nothing, which is a Shakespeare play that my high school was doing. And I thought, well, I should do that too. Temporary insanity, I think. And I auditioned and it, and it kind of, you know, it, it kind of felt like that time when I said a stupid thing in the car and everybody laughed. It, it felt really good to tell a story. You know, this is all hindsight, of course. It didn't, you know, it didn't feel exactly like that when I was a kid, but for some reason I stuck onto it. And I had a really amazing teacher in high school, uh, my drama teacher, who obviously knew that I had trouble speaking. And with that play, took it upon herself to help me get through it. And I learned a lot from that play and her and Shakespeare in general. And it gave me a confidence speaking that I'd never had before. And I think that coupled with, you know, the bite that all of us get from the first time we perform or the first time that we do something in front of people, whether it's a dance recital or I got the same bite. Yeah. So I, for some dumb reason, decided to do this for money. <laughs> Definitely not dumb because you're incredible and audiences have enjoyed you, not just here in Lexington, but on Broadway and all over the country. I love that story so much. I remember, I want to say this was when you were doing Phantom, correct me if I'm wrong, that you wrote an article about working through your difficulties with speech and how it was performing on Broadway how do you feel like that your theatrical journey has informed that journey in your life or vice versa? Hmm. Yeah. You know, I think I'm still discovering that. I think when I was a little younger in New York, pursuing this as a career and working my way up, I think it was always kind of, um, I didn't really have time to stop and think about it. You know, you have jobs to do, you do the jobs, you go in, you do it. And you move on to the next one. And Phantom was kind of the first time, I think, where in my career, at least because I did the show for so long, I had an opportunity to slow down and think about what I was doing. And it scared me. My wife had just told me that she was pregnant and I was leaving the show, actually. It was time. I had been in Phantom for a long time and it was time for me to move on and those last few months in the show, speech-wise, were really, really hard for me. 
anything that we do on stage is kind of a tightrope. You know, whether you stutter or not, it's a tightrope. You know, we're 100 feet above the ground and and doing this thing that's been rehearsed in front of a whole lot of people, and it feels like a tightrope. And I think at some point during the end of that run, I realized that I didn't have any shoes on. <laughs> like, it was, like, very naked. It was like I was remembering my speech struggles for the first time. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, my speech in that sense has always kind of kept me very aware and it's always been a good thing most of the time. You know, when I analyze the way someone is going to say something, um, I really have to break it down because it's different for me. And I think that's helped me a lot to have a different perspective. But obviously it's, it's um, scary at the same time. But I'm telling myself and I'm teaching myself that, you know, these are all things that every actor and every person goes through no matter what it is they're doing mm. you know what I love about the those two stories kind of from start to finish two things stand out for me that are two of my favorite things about working with you one is that you are insanely funny and the story about making your family laugh just makes me think of how I could never keep it together in acting class with you because we would always get assigned to do these like partner improvisations and I couldn't get through it because you would just keep me laughing the entire time <laughs> and I'm the worst at breaking character. So you, you're insanely funny. So that story, that I, I love that, that that's one of your first memories. But also what you were just saying about the way that you analyze the text and how deeply you think about things and how aware you are of the language and how all the intricacies of the storytelling is the other reason that I absolutely love working with you. And I feel like we, when we're in, in that show rehearsal mode, I feel like we're on the same plane a lot of the time. And yeah, I just... It's it really is amazing. You're just quite amazing. So let's go. Let's go a little to Oklahoma City University where we met, where you were cracking me up in acting class. So how did you get to there? And then what was the journey from OCU to New York? Yeah, you know, OCU, OCU was kind of an accident back when you and I were in school, which was 300 years ago. Um <laughs> Going to school for dance or musical theater was beginning to become a thing, but it wasn't, it wasn't the thing that it is now. So some jerk like me could kind of accidentally wind up at a school like this. So I was, I was actually going to the University of Tulsa, and I was studying poetry, which is as weird as it sounds, and I was unhappy and talked to my high school choir director, and he said, you're an idiot. You need to learn a couple songs, and you need to go audition at OCU. And so that's what I did. And for some reason, they let me in. And I mean, I was, I had, I had changed high schools, and so I had kind of felt like my, my like big life change had, had already happened, and I didn't want to do it again. I wasn't happy about going to college. I was very insecure about it. So I was very, <laughs> very influenced. And so when he said, thank you, Mr. Dyer, but when he said, go to OCU and audition, I, I just kind of said, okay. Even after I got there, I mean, geez, I remember my first audition for OCU. I sang, oh, what a beautiful morning. And it was a disaster. I just kind of stumbled my way 
through school, you know, music was all about storytelling for me. I loved, I loved the combination between text and music because music really is just another language. You know, it's just another way we express ourselves. And so the combination of those two is kind of like getting to speak two languages at once, which is awesome. You, You know, I couldn't have explain that at the time but I think that's what I think that's what hooked me mm, I love that it, it all makes sense too just watching the way that you perform whether you're speaking or you're singing on stage it's all about the story with you so you you graduate from OCU moved to New York and you made your Broadway debut in Les Mis what was that like Les Mis was awesome um it, Les Mis was the first musical, real professional musical that I'd ever seen. I was 16 years old, and the same girlfriend that got me into Much Do About Nothing took me um, to see the touring company of uh, Les Mis in Oklahoma City, and I didn't know stories could be told like that. I thought plays were this kind of awkward thing that your church did, you know? Like, I, I didn't... I didn't really get that they could feel like a movie on stage live happening in front of you. And, and of course that show, the old direction, especially, which luckily I got to do whenever I went to New York with the turntable, it's very cinematic. It blew me away. So the opportunity to be a very, very small part of that show in the revival in New York, the first revival was incredible because I, Felt like I'd come full circle. Broadway was kind of eye-opening because um, I didn't have a whole lot of experience with Broadway before I got to high school. My family wasn't necessarily, you know, like we didn't have cast albums. It was it, it was a new it, it, it was a new thing. It was <laughs> so I was I was kind of stunned at how unglamorous Broadway was, and I think a lot of people are. That was really cool to me because it truly felt like what I had fallen in love with stage was, which my first love was uh, Shakespeare, which was this very, you know, rough and tumble, put together a show, pack it up and walk to another town and do it somewhere else. You know, even though Broadway generated millions of dollars, it still felt raw Um, and I really liked that about it. I feel like that's one of the crazy things about going on the road with a show, which I did eventually go on the road with Les Mis, the new version. You go into all of these amazing markets and they have these beautiful houses and, you know, they're opera houses and the acoustics are perfect and and the backstages are spacious and nice. And um, it's such a different environment than being in New York and doing a show, which is so much more, uh, worse. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the houses are definitely a little more compact there. I will say that. I feel like if I remember correctly, when you were in Les Mis and I was in a chorus line, our theaters shared this little alleyway. And after the opening number, sometimes if I wasn't on, I would like sneak over and just kind of peek in and say hello. And then... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Go back to my theater. Yeah, it was really cool. You know, you know that that is one of my favorite memories from ever working, but in New York especially, was that little, I 
can't even describe what it was. I guess it was a fire exit. I don't, I don't know. But for some reason, there was a tiny space between these two buildings. And when we weren't on stage, we'd walk across and we'd go, you know, watch your show and, <laughs> and vice versa. And it was such a cool, it was such a cool thing. And that's what I miss so much about New York is, is that community aspect of theater. And that was one of the rare opportunities where it really did feel like a community of people and we would watch each other's shows. And it was just such this romantic version of Broadway. You know. Such good memories. Well, and and community and, and creating that kind of atmosphere, you know, is what we're kind of all about here at the Lex. And so it was really, really special and kind of magical to get to have you with us for Sondheim on Sondheim. Can you share? That was a fast and furious process. That mm. was a ton of music. A lot of a lot of stuff we had to learn really quickly. But you all were unbelievable. What was it like your first your first trip to the Lex? Um, initially I was utterly terrified. I mean, talk about <laughs> difficult music, working with the college friend, can't screw it up. <laughs> and yeah, we had like three days, but once I got there, it was just like old times. Um, you and I work really well together. Obviously it was such a safe environment that it, you know, um, what we do sometimes you can you can get a little jaded and that was that was such a reminder of why we do what we do and it's just like you said to build community and not to mention the community of young artists that you have around the lex there one who might be listening in on this conversation right <laughs> now it's it's such a strong community of talented artists and they're learning the trade i think in the right way and it was really wonderful to get to, I mean, you know, I mean, the whole time I was just thinking, oh my God, when I was in college, there's no way that I could have done the show, much less done the show in a week. And these kids are just killing it. So that was really, really special. I had a blast. Uh, one of my favorite, favorite shows is Sunday in the Park with George. And one of my favorite, favorite songs from that show is Finishing the Hat and getting to work with you on staging that was just so delightful. And I'm so delighted to have you back in January. Yeah. It'll be a little bit different. Although, who knows? Maybe maybe we'll see a little Sondheim happening. We'll see. The people will have to come to find out. But uh, but uh, what are you looking forward to on your return trip? Um, well, other than seeing you and your wonderful family and all the people there at the Lex, um, the pandemic's been really hard on us artists, eh? So it's it's really, really wonderful just to have an opportunity. I can't tell you how many times I've been asked to sing at a wedding and or this or that or a birthday, or and it's always just kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh. And this the past year and a half has just been, yeah, yeah, sure. You want, you, you want to come to your kid's birthday party? Sure, yeah, yeah, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? What do you want? I got a book. I got a book for you. So this is this is a really amazing opportunity. You know, I, I think one of the things that I like so much about this concert, um, the premise of the concert is that you encourage your cast member to, to sing what they want to sing. So much of what we do can feel like a job sometimes. And we we often forget like, oh, I can I can actually create my own path. I can create my own way. 
And I think that's something that you have to constantly remind yourself as you, as you try to fit into this job or that job is, is that, uh, you're in control and it's your story ultimately that you bring to every character, no matter who it is. And, and so to just, to get to show that so overtly in a concert like this is, is, uh, a luxury. Well, I cannot wait to hear more of your stories and for our audience to get to hear more of your stories and hear your incredible voice and these beautiful songs you're going to sing. It is going to be an epic night on January 8th. We are counting the days. And Jeremy Hayes, thank you for being such a special part of our Lex fam and for all you do. And we just look forward to having you here in just a few weeks. Wait, so I'm going to sing? I thought you... <laughs> I, I, I thought it was just a, it was just a meet and greet. So I'm, oh, okay. All right. Well, I'll... see, see, this is what he does to me. This is exactly how we roll. <laughs> yes. Your songs. Yes, okay. absolutely. We're, we're having music rehearsal. Brock will be there. It's going to be amazing. Okay. So don't worry, audience. It's going to be fine. <laughs> it's gonna be fine. <laughs> Jeremy, have safe travels and we will see you when you get here to the bluegrass. Can't wait. That, 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 that's my banjo that you should probably edit out, Joseph. <laughs> the Lex is back on stage in 2022 with season tickets now on sale for our summer productions of Disney's The Little Mermaid and Chicago. Kicking off a return to stage is Concert with the Stars, presented at the Lexington Opera House on January 8, 2022. The concert features Lexington native and Broadway performer Rebecca Covington Weber, as well as her husband, Donald Weber Jr., and they'll be joined by Jeremy Landon Hayes. For information about tickets, visit LexingtonTheaterCompany.org. To find out more about the Lexington Theater Company, visit our website, LexingtonTheaterCompany.org, and follow us on social media at the Lex Theater Co.